Well, this is Representative Derek Kilmer from Washington State's 6th District. Welcome you back to my podcast called Quick Questions About Congress with Kilmer. In each episode, I sit down with one of my colleagues to hear more about what brought them to Washington, D.C. and what motivates them to serve their community, and perhaps most importantly, what their all-time favorite movie is. And uh, today's episode is uh, with my good friend and colleague, Jim Renacci from Ohio. Thanks for being here. Glad to be here, Derek. So I, I was just sharing, you know, part of my interest in doing this was to give folks a sense of, you know, who's serving in Congress I, and, and give a sense of kind of, um, you know, I don't know that uh, all 435 people here are household names. And per- perhaps the most common question I get when I'm back home in the district is, dear God, why would you want to be in Congress right now when it seems like such a mess? So I, I'd be interested in just hearing, like, what, what brought you here? What, what, uh, why are you serving in Congress? Sure. It's interesting. I, uh, Derek, I was always a believer in serving, so I gave back. I was a firefighter for a number of years. I uh, was on the Planning Commission, Board of Zoning Appeals. I actually was asked to run for president of my city council. I did rent, run and win. And then I realized that to get anything done, I had to be mayor. So I ran for mayor, spent some time as mayor, took a budget um, from deficits uh, to actually uh, surplus and then I decided that I'd served enough. That was 18 years of giving back from being a firefighter to a mayor. And I thought, uh, but I, again, always believed in giving back, thought that I had, had given my 18 years. And then, um, but I was a business guy and I had a number of businesses. One of them was a car dealership, a Chevy dealership. And if people remember in 2009, there was an instance where General Motors filed bankruptcy, the government stepped in, the government took over. Basically, General Voters, the government, the U.S. government made decisions on what dealerships stayed and what dealerships went. Mm-hmm. It was shocking to me because my dealership was doing really good. Yeah. General Motors was very much behind me. I was going to build a brand new location. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I learned that my dis- my dealership was decided was not going to be part of General the General Motors right. family going forward. And that that decision came down from some bureaucrats in Washington. I was very frustrated. Um, actually called my congressman at that time, and uh, uh, the frustration grew to a point where I said, I'm going to Washington, and uh, and made that decision. It was never something I planned on doing, never something that was on my bucket list. It just happened, and, and really what started was that dealership move. I, I had a similar entry into the state legislature where I was motivated by being frustrated or grumpy. So good for you. That'll do it. Yeah. So how have you found it? Is it has it been what you expected, or...? No, and I tell people back home three things uh, uh, that I always get very frustrated with. Number one, nothing starts on time here. I learned very quickly going to a meeting at uh, quarter to 10 that started at uh, 10.30, and I said, what is wrong with this place? Well, number one, nothing starts on time. Number two, we don't really know what the true debt is. We, we, don't, we don't start with our current debt position and a lot of decisions we make. And then number three, which is more important than any, I do believe that politics gets in the way of good policy, and that's why uh, we've developed the bipartisan working group, with which of you're a member and yeah. I'm a member. And Talk a little bit about that and the genesis of that. Well, the genesis occurred when I came down here. We came to my first hearing and uh, sat there in a financial services hearing, and the first hour, all I heard was bickering back and forth. Republicans complaining about the Democrats, Democrats complaining about the Republicans, and me just sitting there saying, I'd really like to hear from the witnesses. <laughs> um, so when it finally came to my How ch- unusual. <laughs> yeah, how unusual, right? And, and it was like, it finally came to me, and I, and I made the comment, I read the title of the hearing, and I forget what it was, but I said, I thought we were here to talk about whatever it was, and I says, and I know we have witnesses here, and I'd really like to hear from them 
and I don't understand why we're throwing stones at each other. Let's listen and work together. And that spurred another member from the other side, John Carney, to come over after the hearing and say, there are a lot of people that feel your way. We're glad you spoke up. And then John and I developed a friendship. We had breakfast. Um, I asked if there were more people like that, and he said yes, and he brought more, and I brought more, and five and a half years later, as you know, we now meet once a week, and it's probably, as many people say, the best hour of the week where we can open up, talk about things, and it didn't start that way. It was very, the first couple meetings were like, we got to be, but what this group has really learned to do is trust and respect each other, and I think that's what needs to be more um, done down here in Washington. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I, find that when I share with folks back home that there's a group like that exi- that exists, they're glad that it does, and they're usually pretty surprised. Absolutely, because you don't hear about it. It's not something that's going to show up on CNBC, Fox, or, you know, CNN. It's, uh, it's not newsworthy to have people working together down here. It's more newsworthy to come up with the, you know, the outliers, and that's what sells commercials and advertisements. So you talked about an issue that Congress hasn't focused much on, and, or, or, or certainly enough on, and that's our long-term fiscal health. And you've kind of dug into this now, um, try, trying to drive that conversation. And do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing on that front? Sure. Um, look, I, this has started since day one. When I first got here, my, the, when I start, when I changed the city of Wadsworth around, the first thing I did was I got the balance sheet and financial statement and said, "Where are we at?" Yeah. And I still remember the day the uh, city director said to me, "Well, here it is," and I go, well, "I don't understand it." And I'm a CPA. We need to fix this. We need to make it work so everybody on council understands it. We had Democrats and Republicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the first five years of this six-year term, I've been trying my six years here. I've been trying to get a summary balance sheet trying to get members to start focusing on that. What I realized was that was very difficult. I mean, leadership was fighting me. Um, the outside organizations were fighting me. So what we ultimately decided to do as a bipartisan group, and, yeah. and I appreciate your support on this, is we have now, uh, we're, we signed, dropped a bill uh, recently, this week actually, that will require the Comptroller General once a year to come before a joint session of the House and Senate and talk about the fiscal health of the United States, talk about the good things and the bad things, the trajectories, the debt trajectories. I think that's got to be something that every member of Congress and the Americans here at least once a year. I think that's a great starting point. I appreciate your help on that. Yeah, you I think we're going to we're going to move forward on that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I used to weigh 90 pounds more than I do now. And I found that the only way I was actually to make some able to make some progress was to get on the scale every day and actually be able to size my problem, um, and I think your your approach is really about sizing the problem on dealing with our long term fiscal challenges. So. Absolutely, you got to st- you got to know where you're at before you can change anything. Yeah, is that the issue that you wish Congress would engage on uh, that it hasn't, or are there others that 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 rise to that list? I think that's got to be a starting point. Yeah. Uh, I told you when I fixed the city and its deficits, that's where we started. Yeah. Uh, you have to understand what your issues are first before mm-hmm. you can fix things. Every piece of legislation should be based on the fiscal health of the United States. Mm-hmm. Every decision we make should be f- just decided on the, the direction it'll change our fiscal health. When I go back home, people are concerned about jobs, the economy. And and uh, and I ju- and actually just recently did a poll: jobs, economy, and national security. Those are the three biggest issues. But jobs and economy never go away, yeah. and sec- and uh, financial health of the United States, I should say. And those are the those are the three or four things that are pretty important to them. 
What's your district like uh, economically? What's the? Do you have like a big industry uh, that that kind of is is the big enchilada in your district? Or? Yeah, not really. My district is uh, definitely a gerrymandered district. Uh, I touch I touch four of the seven largest cities mm-hmm. in Ohio. So I'm with around Cleveland, Akron, and Canton. I don't go into the cities. I go mm-hmm. around them. So I have manufacturing, but I also have farming. Uh, in Wayne County, we have the largest uh, dairy farming in the state in Wayne County, but then I go all the way up into Cuyahoga County, which has a lot of manufacturing. Uh, but, you know, we have Timken Steel there. We have a number of uh, mm-hmm. manufacturing uh, companies that uh, are in the district. So my district is so diverse, I have to be able to understand farming and manufacturing and small business uh, along with everything else. What's your commute like? When we when we do last votes and you head home, What what what's your commute? That's the easiest thing for me. I actually... Uh, my air travel is 53 minutes, so I can, uh, if I leave uh, my office here, uh, I can get on that plane within a half hour, be home probably within an hour and a half, which is uh, really makes it good for me. I know yours is I a little I have to be different. honest, I like you a lot less uh, than I did when we started this conversation. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the upsides of my commute is... Um, Sometimes when I plow through my work fast enough, I'm able to watch a movie on the flight. So I always feel, my, and I don't know if you know this, but my first job was working in a video store back in my hometown. So uh, I always feel like you can find out a lot about a person by what kind of movies they like. So what, what, what's on the Renacy uh, must-watch list? Well, the, the movie that I watch every time it comes up and my wife says, how many more times can you watch this? Remember the Titans. So good. And yeah. uh, and the reason, it's a true story, as you know, and uh, it also represents my high school days, which is kind of interesting. I mean, we did have very similar situations in high school, uh, which we came together on the athletic field, which always helped. And uh, so it's just a great movie, and I love to watch it uh, every time it shows up. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Do you like the sports movies in general, or...? I do like the sports movies. I've been a big sports fan. Uh, you know, uh, I owned uh, two. I owned a minor league baseball team and I owned a minor league football team. I was involved in sports all the way through college. So, uh, and Did I'm, you play? I play. What? Yeah, I played basketball and Did baseball. Right. I'm a big believer that you you uh, um, learning how to work as a team is so important. Mm-hmm. And I've taught my kids that same thing. It's something, again, that we should do more often down here in Washington. We're all on the same team. Yeah. I always tell people back home, our problems are not Republican problems. They're not Democrat problems. They're American problems. When we all get on the same team, we can get a lot accomplished. Yeah. Do you play on the congressional baseball team? I do not. Yeah. And it's, it's Me neither. In- I'm trying to minimize chances for public embarrassment in this job. So. Well, it's kind of interesting because when I ran for the first time, um, I ran against a guy who was a pretty strong player on the Democrat baseball yeah. team. And I held up the article about this is what he was doing in Washington. So I'm not too sure I could play. You're never going to get to do that now. I'm never going to be able to do it because I would be a hypocrite. And I just (laughs) just won't do that. (laughs) So when you owned a a minor league team, um, did you have shades of field, Field of Dreams? Was it, you know, you built it and people came? Now, you know, it was interesting. The teams that I owned, it was all about that team. I, I I love seeing teams come together and I love learning how to bring teams together, and I loved watching coaching, and I love the idea of how you can bring people together. Yeah. And uh, I've learned so many great uh, things from uh, sports and being a part of these minor league teams because you have to learn how to work together. And you know what's the most interesting thing I learned is you're never going to get the coach that tries to get everybody to, to play like he or she is the coach that will fail. What the coach has to do is get everybody to play up to their potential and come together. Yeah. And when that happens, 
anything can go, anything can happen. Sounds like a pretty good uh, message for Congress. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time with me. I think this is helpful for giving people a, a sense of Jim Renacci from Ohio. So no. thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Derek.